Tech Writer Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 630 for the 17th of February, 2019. This week, if you're tired of using sticky notes, then losing track of the notes, and then forgetting to do something important, an application called Remember the Milk will remind you on desktop, notebook, or tablet computers, as well as on Android and Apple mobile devices. In short circuits, it's easy to become complacent about security for mobile devices, and that increases the danger. Tech Republic has some guidelines and a document you can download for free. I'll tell you about it. Adobe's February monthly updates to Lightroom, Photoshop, and Camera Raw bring the cloud-based Lightroom more in line with Lightroom Classic, and a new feature adds artificial intelligence to the demosaicing process to improve fine detail in photographs. During the week of Valentine's Day, FontSelf and Adobe released five new typefaces based on scalable vector graphics. They are free. And in spare parts, only on the website, Tesla acquires a battery maker that appears to have some technology that will improve batteries while reducing the cost. And maybe you don't consider glass to be a high-tech commodity, but what about bendable glass? Calendars are good for reminding us about appointments, but less applicable for tasks that might not be time-specific. Several reminder or to-do applications are available, but I've used one called Remember the Milk for many years, and although the pro version may be overpriced, I still recommend it. Calendars are great for appointments. If you have an appointment with a doctor at 1 p.m. on Thursday, you can block off an hour on the calendar and set a reminder early enough that you'll arrive on time. But what if you need to order a cabin air filter for your spouse's car and yours on Thursday? You just want to remember to do it sometime Thursday. Doesn't matter when, just you want to do it. So a time-specific entry on a calendar isn't appropriate, and you certainly don't want an all-day entry. That's where a task manager, such as Remember the Milk, works very well. I like that Remember the Milk is a web-based application for Windows and Mac OS users, or any other operating system for that matter. It also has iOS and Android apps that synchronize with the web version. Set up a task on a Windows PC using the web browser, be reminded by your Android phone or Apple Watch, and mark it as complete on an iPad, or any other combination of those steps. Now, stepping aside for a moment, you might be wondering about the name. Maybe that's what Emily Boyd and Omar Kalani kept forgetting to buy. In 2004, they say, they were two, and this is their own description, two desperately disorganized people from Sydney, Australia. They were fed up with constantly forgetting things. Gmail had launched the same year, and that was an inspiration to build an app that would help them be more organized. Remember the Milk was released in October 2005. Since then, the two have moved to San Francisco, and they have a small staff of developers on three continents. There are other task managers, including some that are free, but I switched to the paid version of Remember the Milk long ago and continued with the paid version following a substantial price increase a few years ago. Now, wait a minute. Let's put substantial in context here. 
The original paid version probably cost maybe, I don't know, 15 or $20 a year. It's now $40. Well, that's a 100% increase, maybe a little more. But it's still just 11 cents a day. How substantial is that? When creating a task, you'll specify a name at a date and optionally a time when the task is due. If it's a task that might continue over several days, you can add a start date. You can also specify the task's importance, one through three, add a tag or assign it to a list, add a location and expected duration, and even assign it to someone if you've set up several users. If it's a task that repeats daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, or on some less regular schedule, you'll be able to specify that too. The flexibility is what appeals to me. You can even email an appointment to your account or allow others to email tasks to your account. So once you've set up a task, you can add notes and subtasks to it. Subtasks can have their own priorities, due dates, tags, and more. The task creation method is easier than it used to be. In early versions, users needed to remember that the caret was used to specify a due date, the tilde for a start date, exclamation point for priority, pound sign or octothorpe or hash to add a tag or specify a list, asterisk to set up a repeating task, at sign for locations, equal sign to indicate a task's duration, and the plus sign to assign it to someone. And there's also an option to attach a note to the task by prefixing it with a double slash. So if I were to type buy cat food, caret t, at sign pet, exclamation point one, Octothorpe, or hash, or pound sign, P-E-R-S, asterisk daily, equal 15M. Well, that would remind me to buy cat food today at Pet People, make it a top priority, assign it to my personal list, set the task to repeat every day, and estimate the task to take 15 minutes. Now, it's easier and faster to use that shorthand notation once you master it. But clicking icons is a lot easier until you become familiar with the short-form entry. Subtasks help control planning for large events. A wedding, for example. The wedding itself is the large event, but there are many, many smaller tasks involved in the process. A subtask for selecting a photographer might contain additional subtasks for each photographer the couple meets with. Likewise, all of the other things that need to be done. Remember, the milk can also be connected to Dropbox or Google Drive so that files can be attached to tasks and subtasks. The free version of the application allows users to share task lists with two people and includes web, desktop, and mobile apps. It has the ability to synchronize between your computers and devices. It integrates with Gmail, Google Calendar, and Evernote. There are connections to email, Alexa, Siri, and Twitter. And there's the ability to give tasks to others and reminders via email, text, IM, and Twitter. The paid or pro version adds unlimited shares, reminders on Android, iOS, and BlackBerry devices, subtask sharing and grouping, connection to Apple Watches, and an enhanced interface. Priority support is also included, along with an unlimited archive of completed tasks instead of just seven days in the free version. So the bottom line for Remember the Milk is five cats. Remember the Milk helps with more than just remembering the milk. It's an excellent reminder application. And if you think it's a bit overpriced at 40 bucks a year, just do the math. It's 11 cents a day. 
organizing tasks so that important obligations don't get forgotten seems to be well worth 11 cents a day. Because it's available for many devices and synchronizes all of them, you'll get reminders no matter where you are, no extra charge. You'll find additional details on the Remember the Milk website. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. In short circuits, how much time do you spend thinking about security on the go? Even people who are careful about security on desktop and notebook computers sometimes have a weak approach to mobile security. Tech Republic recently released a document that's intended for IT professionals, but it'll also be helpful for individuals who want to make their own mobile devices more secure. The document lists eight key risk factors. First is portability. Well, the fact that we carry these devices around makes them a security risk. They can be lost or stolen. Second, peeping toms. Be aware of your surroundings. Shoulder surfers can observe entries you make to gain access to accounts. Third, risky configuration. Too many devices are used without strong passwords and anti-malware applications. Fourth, phishing. Well, that's common on any platform, but it's more of a threat on mobile devices than on desktop systems because so many mobile devices have limited protections. Fifth, unauthorized access to cloud storage. If somebody gains access to the credentials for your cloud-based storage, well, consider it game over. Number six, text-based attacks. SMS and text messaging attacks are becoming more common. Seventh, malicious Wi-Fi networks. Those who use free, open, unknown Wi-Fi networks risk giving away important credentials. And number eight, convenience. We sometimes allow our desire for convenience and ease of use to trick us into disregarding proper security practices. The 14-page document describes how to address these security factors and includes tips for improving security on mobile devices. The three most important steps to take are easy. Keep the device up to date. Whether you're on iOS, Android, or any other operating system, set your devices to auto-update or at least to prompt you when a newer version is available. Check the authenticity of apps you install. The report identified more than 8,000 rogue mobile apps, many of which were designed to look like legitimate companies or applications. Legitimate apps from Apple and Google Play app stores generally have a large number of reviews and contact information for the company or organization. And treat financial accounts with extra care. Criminals exploit the proliferation of mobile financial services and payment apps. After all, that's where the money is. So double-check that your banking and payment apps are legitimate. Set up two-factor authentication just like on a desktop application. And never, never provide your login or password via email, text, or phone, since any legitimate business will never ask you to verify that way. If you'd like to read the full report, you can download it from Tech Republic. There's a link to the Tech Republic website from TechBiter Worldwide this week, www.techbiter.com. And do note that you need to establish an account with Tech Republic, but the basic account is free.
Lightroom, Lightroom Classic, and Adobe Camera Raw have a new feature added in this month's updates called Enhance that uses Sensei artificial intelligence to improve photographs. The changes are subtle, but can improve images that are printed. Explaining how it works gets really far down into the weeds of how digital images are created, but I'll see if I can come up with a more or less plain English short version. First, the sensor in your camera does not record color. Instead, the camera records light levels by using a series of red, green, and blue filters. There are two primary sensor types, one that uses what's called a Bayer pattern, that's the more common one, and the others that use what's called an X-Trans pattern, primarily used by Fuji. The Bayer pattern has two green color sites for every one red or blue color site, and the X-Trans pattern has 10 green color sites for every three red or blue color sites. The resulting data from the color sites forms a mosaic pattern, and the first action a photo manipulation program does with the raw image is perform a demosaicing process to create an image pixel that contains red, green, and blue information. Demosaicing introduces three primary problems that Adobe describes this way. First, small details can be lost. Images with small details close to the resolution limit of the camera sensor can be lost in a jumble of color. That's a relatively minor problem, but the image can also display moray patterns in those areas. Second, false colors may appear. When a demosaicing algorithm misinterprets across rather than along a sharp edge, you can see abrupt and unnatural shifts in color. Also, zippering or stair-stepping can muddle the image. At the edges of an image, half of the pixels that would normally be used to interpolate color data can be lost. The result is some blurring. Sensei analyzes the image and uses the intelligence built from training with billions of other images. Yes, billions. The process used on your computer is processor-intensive which is the hard way to say it takes a lot of CPU and GPU, or graphical processing unit, resources. In fact, to use enhanced details, your computer needs to be running Windows 10 version 18.09 or later, or Mac OS 10.13 or later. Earlier versions are insufficient. You'll see an image on the TechBiter Worldwide website that illustrates just how subtle these changes are. It's a 200% enlargement of the original image, and you'll see the door to the front of a house. Beside the door, there is a street number. The one on the right, the enhanced version, is slightly easier to read. Slightly. This kind of improvement will be noticeable with images that need to be cropped and enlarged, and when extremely large prints are made. When you use the new feature, Lightroom will create a new digital image or DNG file with dash enhanced added to the name. This isn't a feature you'll use with every image, but it's one that can improve images when you need to print them large. And there's more in this month's release specifically for Lightroom CC. That's the mobile-centric version of Lightroom, and it continues to gain features from Lightroom Classic CC. The February update adds high dynamic range merge, panoramic merge, and the combined HDR panoramic merge from the classic application to the desktop versions of Lightroom. If you haven't been keeping up with Adobe's changes to the photographic applications, there are now two versions of Lightroom. Lightroom Classic, it stores files locally, and Lightroom, which stores files in the cloud. 
I find myself wishing that Adobe had selected names that were slightly more different than just Lightroom and Lightroom Classic. In any event, Lightroom Classic is limited to use on computers, and the new Lightroom offers desktop-like editing features on mobile devices. The targeted adjustment tool has also been migrated from Lightroom Classic to Lightroom. This is a tool that provides precise color and tone control based on the color the user selects with a color picker. Specifically, the tool can adjust hue, saturation, and brightness. Adobe's objective here seems to be full parity between Lightroom Classic and Lightroom. And that process is continuing with great success. Valentine's Day was last Thursday, so Adobe and FontSelf used the week to announce some new benefits. The Adobe Photo applications received their usual monthly updates, the ones I just described, and Illustrator gained some new features, but typefaces were the top-of-mind items this week. FontSelf is the developer of FontSelf Maker, an extension for creating fonts in Illustrator and Photoshop. The company is using the event to promote that $50 typeface design application, and Adobe is using the week to remind Creative Cloud subscribers about the large number of typefaces available as part of the monthly subscription. Specifically, they're reminding users about casual lettering and script styles. FontSelf highlighted five free typefaces during the week. These typefaces also highlight an emerging technology called OpenType SVG Color Fonts. The typefaces include color and are actually scalable vector graphic images, or SVG. Because the typefaces are vector images, they can include color information, and that has not been available until now. Letters could be displayed and printed in any color, of course, any color that can be reproduced by the medium's color space, but any letter could be represented only in a single color. OpenType SVG color font technology changes all that. Users can now create projects in Illustrator and Photoshop that use fonts with characteristics like color, transparency, and gradients not available in traditional fonts. The five typefaces released this week, and again, they are all free for download. MadType is the one I used in the headline on the TechBiter Worldwide website. It was designed by Artemis Batista, who said it was inspired by Alice in Wonderland, Batista says he went, and we quote here, insane in making all those complex symbols in the font. Uh, perhaps that's a fitting reason for why the font is called Mad Type. Sansterdam uses lavender and French rose pink coloring. It was designed by Andre Dyken, an architect who devoted extra attention to the kerning and leading to make sure that the font is not only expressive, but also functional. Former pre-press worker and lithographer Arthur Fulmer designed Magical Unicorn New Pro. In 2017, he launched his own type foundry, Typerature. It's a mashup of type, Arthur, and adventure. Criola Nuvis is inspired by visual signs and symbols of Latin American cultures. It was created by designer Vanessa Zuniga. Wild Love is a creation of Joshua Krishash, a Milwaukee designer known for his letter forms that begin with inked drawings and are then translated to Bezier curves in Illustrator. You can obtain all those typefaces for free starting on Adobe's website. You'll find a link to Adobe's website on the TechBiter Worldwide website. And while you're there, check out Spare Parts because it's only on the website and it's free. 
This week, Tesla acquires a battery maker that appears to have some technology that will improve batteries while making the cost lower. And maybe you don't consider glass to be a high-tech commodity, but what about bendable glass? Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.